And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Now, you can't use that for two intros in a row. Yes, that is ridiculous. Can. You did that the other day. What the hell is going on? There's no big Josh Thompson oh. except when you're talking about the size of his head. Yeah. Here, oh, John, I got you. <laughs> I got you, John. I got you. Ready? John, the punk. <laughs> there you go, oh, the man. punk. I've been a punk my entire life, and now I've been officially titled. Yeah, I feel good about it. Speaking of big <laughs> heads, up, man? man, how's your head doing after that long trip? <laughs> yeah, my head's good. Got all the water out of me and everything. It's uh, always like when you're on a flight, it's like you bubble up with water. Yeah. I am pissing all day long when I get home. I, I feel I'm a good bit now. better. I'm empty. I feel a little bit better. I went for a little swim, got some work in, and... You know, and uh, just, you know, just been good. I got to say, man, this house is a disaster. John, you're not even moved into your house. I don't want to, I guess, can't ask you shit. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> you've you've been living. Anyway. I, I live in a trailer. Oh, jeez. Talk to me. Straight talk Josh. To me, we talk about Josh trailer I, park. Yeah. On the last show, you forgot to tell me about um, the people from Glasgow you met uh, ah. in Japan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, they were great, man. They were so awesome. Um, there was a young girl that was... Uh, she, I thought she was young, but she yeah, was like maybe like, you know, 20. She was there with her boyfriend or husband, I mean. But I thought they were just boyfriend, girlfriend. They looked like a young couple. He probably looked like he was. So Josh was trying to take her away. I <laughs> was not trying to take her away. <laughs> I was, you know, but, uh, but she was, she was super energetic. She had like a lot of energy. They're Ranger fans. I don't know what that means, but I know you do. Yeah. Yeah. They're Ranger fans. Are you a Ranger fan? Yes. Ranger fan. You are a Ranger fan. Well, okay. So tell me, I know it's, it's soccer teams, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Ranger. Then what's the other one? Celtic. Celtic. Now Celtic, and then okay, so that makes it, no it, sense because the Rangers are a baseball team in Texas <laughs> and a fucking hockey team in New York. Uh, and the Celtics definitely play basketball in Boston. That's so great. Where, but they um, is it, yeah, is it divide, divided by like Glasgow. where you live? Yeah. No. Well, Glasgow is divided by Rangers and Celtic. They're both Glasgow teams, mm. and they pretty much divide Scottish football entirely. Got uh, it. So. Yeah, mostly throughout Scotland, you're either a Rangers or Celtic supporter. You know, there's a few, there's a few people that um, hope for the best for the other teams throughout. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they uh, they were so they were so nice though. Um, but I swear, I looked at her and I looked at him. I'm like, oh, you guys are a cute couple. He was probably about six foot. He might have been six one, and she was, she looked to be five four, five five, and then she was talking to me. I'm like. She goes, she says, I'm like, well, I'm really short. I'm like, no, you're not short at all. Look at you. Like, you know, she's like, she's like, I'm on six inch hills. <laughs> she's 4'10". She was 4'10". I was like, oh my gosh, no way. She took her shoes off. She was tiny, tiny, like shorter than Sarno. And Sarno's not a big guy, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> Sarno's going to hear this. He's like, yes. oh. I love it. I love it though. But uh, they were super nice. They were great. I mean, they were, look, we were, we were a couple of whiskeys deep, so I can't really recall a lot of the conversation. <laughs> But uh, they were great. They were funny, and they just—they were like, "Oh, they wanted to know what what team you liked, and this and that." I, I, I think he's a Rangers fan because I had asked you that about what six months ago, I think. And, yeah, uh, we you talked told about me. it for sure. Yeah, yeah, but they were great, man. They're so they're uh, Sarno got their information, and I think we're going to try to get them to come out to the uh, to the Dublin card, you know, and nice. uh, and be there. So. Um, yeah, try to work something out where they can come out and enjoy. It was awesome. They were so nice. Great. And then, and then I left at like 1130 and they stayed till about three. 
with the rest of the crew, just putting them back. But she, this girl, she looked, I mean, you saw her, right, John? Yeah. How old did she look? Uh, 28, 29. Really? You thought she looked yeah. that old? I, we all thought. Not everyone, old. Everyone. No, no, I know. That's but not but old. We all thought 22, maybe. I was thinking like 22, 24, somewhere in there. She was 32 with two kids. One was one was 16 and the other one was 11. She didn't look like she had any kids. Got started early. Yeah, she, but I was just like, damn. Wasted no time on that. She was tiny, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Hey, but great people, super nice. They stayed and rocked out for a while. I I cut out, went back to the room. I was uh, I was getting jet lag. Uh, anyways, well, hey, guess what? We're gonna have a great show. We had a great show the other day because we were running late. Look, I want to tell everyone, thank you guys so much for continuing to support us. And on this, I know we're gonna John and I are gonna have these ups and downs where we travel. And with the time change, Japan's a, Japan's a day ahead. And so we're coming back, but we're like gaining ground. But then guess what? It just still doesn't work with the time we landed. It was like midnight. You didn't get home till one. I didn't get home till midnight. It was like then trying to wake up early and get the show out. It was, it's been, it's been pretty hectic. So here we are now. And, uh, we're going to talk about the Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz fight. It's a big, this is a big fight this weekend. I mean, I consider it a big fight because what did I say? John, give me a little pat on the back because almost over a year and a half ago, I said he's going to fight out his contract. Nate Diaz with the yes, UFC. He, he, and wants, he's, he wants to fight Jake Paul. Yep. And, he, and? and this is where we're at. And I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue to say this. He's going to go back and get the Connor fight. Did I say one week? We're a couple days away, I guess. Yeah. 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 We're a couple days away. Uh, I think he's going to end up, no matter what happens in this fight, he's going to, he's going to end up going back to the UFC and he's going to sign that fight with the Connor McGregor. I think that fight's okay, going to happen. And, and you take a look at what do we always talk about? For fighters. Hey, see what your worth is. Well, he's going to make a shit ton for this fight with Jake Paul. And he goes back to the UFC. What's the only fight that he's going to make a shit ton? Yeah. Can I ask you, do you think he'll make a shit ton? Because last I saw the ticket sales of this fight weren't that great. He still has a guarantee. And obviously, the more pay-per-views they do, Mm -hmm. that's the real question. And that's where he's going to make his most money. You can look at the the butts and the seats that we always talk about, and that will definitely help this gate. But the promoter is the one that's going to eat it on that. The fighters aren't going to eat it on that. Got it. The promoter is going to eat it on that. So, really, he has a set mark that mm-hmm. he's going to get paid. I don't know what it is. But on top of that set mark, he will then get a pay uh, dispersity when it comes to the first 100,000 pay-per-view buys, mm-hmm. if it hits 200,000, if it hits 300,000, 400,000, 500, all those he gets additionally more. So, you know, he has the ability, both he and Jake Paul, to make a shit ton of money, depending yeah. upon, really, it's pay-per-view, not how many butts are in the seats on this one. My concern always will be that Jake is fast, Jake is young, Jake, um, sure, he doesn't have the experience Jake, that Nate has. Jake's too fast. I would have to agree with you. And one of the biggest things that I can try to explain to people is that when I fought Nate, I thought legit, I thought he was going to be faster than he was. And he was a lot slower than I thought he was. Yeah. And that be. was how many years ago? And it was, it was, but what can, what made me believe that though, was when he fought Donald Cerrone and I was like, dude, he was just peppering Cerrone and just Boy, tearing yeah. him up. And I was he like, did. man, like it almost felt like he just couldn't see because he was fast. He couldn't see the punches coming. But when I got when I fought him, I fought him years, a couple years removed from that fight. It was probably about I don't yeah. know three, four years removed from that fight, three years. 
it just wasn't, it didn't, he was not fast. And I look at Jake, Jake's got the speed. Because even though Tyron Woodley was older, Tyron Woodley was still fast. Yeah, he still had some speed in his hands. And to, to knock somebody out the the way he knocked out Tyron Woodley, being defensively and like understanding that to get in on a shot like that, you've got to have some speed. And he had some power and some speed behind that. And so, I don't know. I'm looking. We're going to see. This is when Nate's chin is going to truly be tested. Well, it's exactly it. I look at it, and if, you know, if you're a smart person, betting person, you got to say, look, everything leans towards Jake Paul, except for the fact that Nate Diaz is a dog. He will not stop. And the real question is, how mentally prepared is Jake Paul to have somebody that he is blasting at times, basically looking at him and going, fuck you. That's all you got? Because you you know what Nate says, and I've I've heard him too many times in the cage when someone hits him hard. <laughs> That's all you got? Fuck yeah. you. Right? And he keeps going. And can that affect a fighter? It can. Will it affect Jake? I'm not saying it will. But when you're hitting somebody with your best shots and they're walking through them at times, that is psychologically, it gets to you. It does. Especially to a young fighter. You, like a young you fighter like you, this. Absolutely. And you got to tell yourself, no problem. I'm just going to touch you again. And that's something you learn through time. And that's what experience and everything does. Is the eight fights that Jake has enough experience for that? I look at size-wise. He's the bigger, stronger fighter by far. I look at speed-wise. He's much faster. Youth. Yeah. yeah. You know, I would expect that, you know, he's in as good a shape as Nate because Nate's going to be in shape. Nate can go. Nate has already proven he's got a hell of a gas tank. So you look at some of the intangibles and you go, it's hard to go against Jake in this fight. But the the thing that you can never count on is heart. And you know that Nate Diaz has got heart, you know, for days. He will not quit. But I'm not sure he can take repeated big shots from Jake Paul. Yeah, I don't think you can take repeated big shots from Jake Paul. <clears throat> I also think that because they moved this fight to 10 rounds, that makes a huge difference on how this fight should play out. Um, if you're Nate, if you if you're Nate. into those later rounds. But I also think, look, we can say that we've seen Nate Diaz fight MMA, but we've never seen him fight boxing. I've yes, seen I him have. spar. I've never okay. seen him fight. I've never seen him, <laughs> okay, I've never right. seen him fight. You're right. You're right. I've seen him spar. I've not seen him. Yeah, I've seen him spar as well, I, but I've never seen him in a real box. Excuse me, in a real boxing match. Yeah. The other thing is that when when I when I had trained for him, I had made sure that I understood that he's not going to go down, and that not to waste my energy, <clears throat> stick and move, circle, stick and move, circle. But I also looked at, and I'm giving this because you guys, when you guys are watching this fight, take a look at how Nate fights this fight in terms of does he pressure him? Does he just walk at him when Jake circles off against the ropes? Does he chase him? Does yeah, he walk? Does after. he walk after him after he Jake circles out? No, no, no. Get in this dude's grill and throw your shots yeah, and cover and counter, cover and, and counter, cover and throw. Covering a space laterally. There's all kinds of exactly what. You and so about. when you're watching this, if you see Nate just walking like he's got all the time in the world to get to get this win, 
you're, he's going to end up losing. Now, if he comes in skipping at him a little bit, like a little bit of a, sh- a shuffle towards him, like a boxer would, and then you know he'll come in defensively, let him throw his one big shot or his one two big shot, and then look for Nate to let his hands go. And he'll just touch you, touch you, touch you. Yep. They don't need to be hard. If he can do that in the first, I'm not going to say the first round. I'm going to say the second, third, and fourth round. Because the first round, I think, is really going to be where he's got to show he's going to put pressure but not, not allow Jake to really land the big hard shot and see what Jake does and how he reacts. If Nate lets, if Nate walks him down, shuffles towards him, puts pressure, lets him throw his hard shot and then comes to the body and then comes back up top to the head. And then as Jake circles out, he just shuffles towards him again, realizing that, look, I've only got what three minute rounds or whatever it is. I've only got a certain amount of time to get after you. And I'm each round I could be losing. I think that he's going to have to show that sense of intensity to get this job done because I think Jake could easily walk away with the first five rounds and then Nate end up losing, you know, a decision if he does get into those later rounds. He's got to show some intensity by the, by the end of the second, into the third, and the fourth, and the fifth round. He can't let him steal those first five rounds. It's got to come down to that. And in terms of taking a shot, I think Jake, I think Nate will take the shot. He's got to just oh, make sure no he plays it safe in the first in the first couple rounds. He's got to play it safe. Be more defensive and then counter. And then as the fight carries on and you see Jake slowing down, then you start oh go go ahead and get off first. I think he's got to wait to get off first because he's so he's slow he's slow. You can't afford to try to get off first and have and have Jake counter you and land a big huge shot. He's got to put pressure, make him react, make him load up off that off that pressure, make him load up and throw his heavy hard shot, and then go ahead and touch him. Touch him with the body, touch him with the head, let him know you're there. And don't throw in just ones and twos like a lot of these guys that were fighting him were. Throws in threes and fours and fives and sixes. Because we know Nate can do that in combinations. Yep. No doubt about it. But the, I think the, the one thing you said, the body. You've got to attack that kid's body. There's, a, there's one way to slow down someone who's in good shape mm-hmm. and is physically strong. Body shots. You know, getting hit to the head, yeah, it can knock you out. But body shots will drain you of your strength. And I think that Nate needs to get into that early in the fight, get after the body, make him feel pressured. That will help gas him out even more. And at 10 rounds, you know, drag him into the deep waters. Yeah. We talk about it all the time. Yeah, I agree. I think um, this should be a fun fight. It's going to be fun for for us to see kind of where it's at, like where Jake is. What did he learn from the um, the Fury fight? And he learned, don't fight young, fast people. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Really, let's be honest. Uh, what is going on here? Sorry, man. I'm trying to adjust something on this thing. You could adjust anything you want. Uh, do you want me to scroll down to the rest of the card feature on there? And then, yeah, yep. let's go. Okay, all right. Here we go. We got Cole May and Amanda Serrano, Heather Hardy. Yeah, that's what I look at. Like, I, I love Heather Hardy. She's a sweetheart of a person, and she's a good boxer. I don't think she's... Uh, yeah. I believe... I think she's already fought Amanda Serrano once. She did. She got she got, she got got beat up pretty well. Yeah. I think yeah. it's going to happen again. Like Amanda Serrano is a hell of a boxer. But but I believe that was right after uh, Heather had done the... Uh, was in Bellator and was focused on MMA a little bit. I think one of her first fights back was Amanda Serrano. Yeah, and it just didn't play out the way. Obviously, she was thinking, "I'm going to come back, and oh, you know, I'll be just fine." No, time away from the sport, working on your grappling. You're not the same boxer anymore. So, no, you're not. You know, Uh, that's a good little fight. And then what about the next one? We got that uh, Jeremy Stevens, right? 
Ah, uh, no. Well, you do have, you've got Chris Avila versus Jeremy Stephen, which is an interesting matchup. Chris Avila very much like his, his mentor in Nate Diaz. You know, they're, they're good friends and he, Chris follows Nate everywhere, is with him everywhere. But Jeremy Stevens really put on a great performance when he boxed against Aldo for mm. George Masvidal's uh, game-bred boxing that he did. Man, I'll tell you what. He actually boxed well. And I look at this and there's one thing. Chris Avila, very much like Nate, but slow. Yeah. You know, not real fast. Jeremy Stevens still has fast hands. So it's an interesting matchup. Very tough person in Chris Avila. Very tough person in Jeremy Stevens, but very tough person with speed. I think this might be a good fight for Jeremy Stevens. Mm -hmm. All right. So that'll wrap up our uh, Jake Paul, Nate Diaz conversation until the fight happens. But uh, go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Make sure you guys subscribe to us over there. It is free. Uh, OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Subscribe to us over there. It is free. I got to get that content up, J John. Uh, the Japan, the Japanese You stuff. still haven't put it I up. I haven't done it up, man. I've been swimming. Oh, been swimming. lazy bastard. Yeah, you know. Got to spend the time. I've been gone for, what, five? What, we're gone for five, five days, six days. Got to spend time so, with the kids. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead. We're going to roll in right into the UFC uh, main card this weekend, Nashville. and uh, let's talk about it. What is what? What is this? What, what card UFC is Nashville. It? UFC Nashville. Nashville. They're just calling it Nashville. Yeah. They're not calling it by a number? No. Nope. Come to Tennessee. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's go. Corey Sanhagen versus what, Rob Font. What, what are you, do you thinking? Think? You think they'll give me tickets? No. <laughs> Dana's back from vacation, so definitely not. Ah, yeah. damn it. I could have gone to Ratner and gotten tickets. No. no I don't think it so. It is what it is. I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> Bro, let me tell you a story. It's so funny. I was with uh, Strike Force, and I was like, I was like, oh, you know, whatever. They'll give me tickets. They gave me tickets, but they made it to point. Yeah, Remember yeah. at the Pearl? Remember at the Pearl? Oh, I was yeah. in the very last row at the top, and I was like, Yeah, baby. All right, I see how it is. So I walked down. <laughs> I, I walked downstairs, talked to a couple people. I got some other seats, but it was, uh, you know, people that work for the USC. They're like, oh, no, I got you, buddy. They're like, I got you. But then and then I saw, though, I saw Dana ask how I got tickets and then they didn't. I don't know, whatever. I mean, I talked to my friend. They said they never talked to him about it. So I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> still with the company. <laughs> it's doing all right. But anyways, I know. Uh, yep. Uh, but yeah, so Corey Sanhagen versus Rob Font. Look, there's been a change of opponent because of Umar. And Umar had surgery on his shoulder. You can see him. Some photos that he posted up. Starting the rehab and the recovery right now. And, uh, you know, he should be back probably. I would imagine he would be back training within three and a half to four months. And then I'd say probably within five to six months, you'll see him back in there in the cage. Pretty, being young, being very vigilant about his recovery in terms of his uh, therapy. I think he'll be on top of it 100% because he knows he's he's won two fights away from a title shot. They, you know, that's where he's at. But this fight, though, makes for fun, man. It makes for fun. You do, does, you, I, I can see that a little eye roll. What was that for? No, no, no. I, I, I so much wanted that fight between Corey and Umar. Mm. I thought that was a fantastic matchup. I thought it was just, a, you know, when you look at certain styles and, and the the matchups. There are fights that I can look at and I go, just what that guy does and what that guy does, man, that's going to be fireworks. And I really thought that Corey against Umar was going to be fireworks. This is a great fight. 
it's just not the fight that I want. I wanted that Umar fight. I mm. thought that uh, that was going to say a lot of, about exactly where he was at, where Corey was at, because they, they both had their things that you can look at and say, yes, he's stronger here. But Rob Font, great fighter, good stand-up. I think he is the definite underdog in this fight. He's got, you know, he's taken a little bit, you know, uh, as far as he had time to train, but not a full camp. Corey is way better than people give him credit for. I just, I, I, don't, I can't believe that he doesn't get the praise that he deserves based upon his skill set. You know, he lost to Aljo, yes. You know, he lost to freaking uh, Peter Yan in that interim one. But man, th- this dude is still improving. Yeah. You can see it in all of his fights every time. He's getting better. And he's got a chin on him. He's got a great stand-up game. He's got beautiful knees. You know, he's got a couple of phenomenal, you know, knockouts from him and everything. Mm -hmm. And his ground game is good. It's not where he likes to be all the time, but it's good. It's not, you know, I know that Aljo was able to, you know, get his back and, and, and get the sub against him quickly. But that, to me, was, that was just on that night. That's what happened. I think if they matched up, it would be a little bit of a different fight. Not that Aljo couldn't beat him again, but there's nobody, you know, out there that Corey Sanhagen can't beat. No, I agree. Um, it's funny you say that because, I mean, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, give Umar whoever. Just don't give him Corey Sanhagen. That was my thought. In my, in my mind, I'm like, please, just like, he's the one, though, that has been through. He's been through the fire. You know, like yep. taking the the interim title shot with uh, Yawn and then fighting that fight. And the way he still had, he had moments in that fight where he looked impressive, very impressive. And took it on what? Like a week's notice, 10 days notice, I believe is what it was. Yep. It was a very short notice fight for him. And he, I thought he fought spectacular in that fight. I know he came up short, but fighters like him, they learn from those experiences. Not all fighters learn from the from the downs, you know, of, of the sport. And he, you can tell that he has. Um, he's got great knees, like you said, up the middle. He's got a couple, like a uh, highlight reel knockouts for the knees. He's slick with the hands. He sets everything up really well with his hands and his kicks. I've had guys that have come from AKA or that you know came into AKA and they were training other locations and they were just bouncing around. They're like, I met this little skinny kid over in Denver or whatever it was, and like sparring with him. He's like, I didn't know who he was. And then all of a sudden, I see him on you know on TV. He's just t- tearing everybody up. I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So, I mean, the and kid is good. To do so. He definitely doesn't get the respect he deserves. You know, he's got to get more praise. I think the media's yeah. got to do a better job of giving him more praise. He deserves it. He's a, he's a dog. He will step in at any moment and fight anybody anytime. Um, I think he did. He did what the UFC needs fighters to do. When you have someone like an Umar that you need to get matched up because all these other ranked guys are pussyfooting around they just want to keep their rankings nah man this guy he understands like no no no. if i can't beat this guy i shouldn't be champion anyways i love that about him like he fight yep. he'll fight anybody you know yep. if, if everyone was complaining that habib got a title shot because of this this and this no one you know he didn't fight anybody dude when dudes don't want to fight you there's nothing the promotion can do they can't force them those fighters yeah. are okay with sitting out for six months eight months same exact thing happened to islam they didn't want to fight him. So it just moved him along faster as fights start dropping off and people don't want to fight him. And as those other fighters start losing, they start dropping off and he just continues to move up the rankings. You don't think the UFC knows when they're, t- they're being told, no, they don't want to fight or oh, I'm injured. No, no. Like they already know that nobody wants to fight these fighters. 
Well, Corey Sanhagen will fight anybody. He's made it very clear. He's done it several times. This is a, a fight, though, where I don't think, like, I agree with you. Rob Font is definitely the underdog. Um, Rob has really kind of changed a little. And I wouldn't say changed his style, but he has really isolated his style to just boxing. And if you're going to beat someone like a Corey Sanhagen, you've got to start evolving your game, getting better everywhere, doing what Corey did. Get better on the ground, get better on the feet, get better with little tricks up your up your sleeve. Corey Sanhagen has done that his, throughout his career, and that's why he still sits in that tough echelon of fighters. That's why he's still there. If, if you don't present more than a single aspect of the mixed martial arts world, you're just making a guy like Corey Sanhagen's life easy. He's only got to deal with really one aspect. That's not a good... You get, you've got to make it to where he has to worry about all these elements. Because if you just have the one, he's too good mm -hmm. at setting things up, looking for moments, and then exploding on you. Like I said, I love Rob Font. And Rob Font can win because, look, anybody can be knocked out. Anybody can, you know, win the fight. I just look and I think this is a tough one. This is, is at a catch weight. I know of 140, so it's not at the bantamweight weight 135. You know that's good for both guys, and it's not going to hurt either one. Uh, I've heard people, you know, saying, "Oh, it's not right that you know, you know Sandhagen has to fight." It doesn't matter as long as you're both matched up at the same weight, and it's not a championship fight. It does not matter what weight it's at, and it's more healthy for both of them. That's a good thing. But the, it, it's still a good fight. I just look and go, I'd be very surprised in the end if Corey Sandhagen's not the winner. You might actually even get a better performance when both fighters know there's not a title on the line. You may get a better performance out of them because they're not depleted. We may see yeah. a little bit more aggression. We may see a better condition. Like you're, you're not, you haven't depleted your body fully like you normally do to get to 135. So yep. I'm, I'm not against this at all. I mean, I understand where it's at. Um, my, you know, I had some concern about with the, uh, um, <clears throat> the Patricky fight with um, the Souza because there was. Everyone's having to make the top, you know, the five rounds. Everyone's have to make like that title weight, you know, because it is in the tournament. And I was concerned about that. But this this has no implications. This has not. You're not messing up a tournament. You're not doing anything like that. This was, this is fine. One forty catch weights. I, Bellator does them all the time. I actually really like them. To be honest, if there's no titles on the line, let them do it. There's no title. It makes them. no difference as long as they're close in weight. Who cares? Hey, but you know what though? I'm gonna be honest. This next fight, I'm really excited for. I'm I really think we're excited disagree for. Disagree on this one. You're not excited for it. I am excited for it. I think we're going to disagree, though. Oh, you think so? I do. I really huh. do. Uh, You're going to go for Jessica Andrade. No, I'm not, going for, the... I'm not going oh, for Jessica Andrade. Oh, damn. Mm -mm. damn. I'm not going for Jessica Andrade. Josh Thompson, you're just you're pulling a fast one on me. I like Jessica Andrade. I like her a lot in terms of like, I love her style, the way she fights. I love that aggressiveness, big shots, you know, good ground and pound. I love all She's that aggressive. about her. Good takedown defense. But Tatiana Suarez, man, like my concern only with Tatiana, she's only one fight removed from a long layoff. So she's got one fight in the bag. You know, is it two? I think it's two. I don't I think, think so. I thought she just had. Really? No, I think this pull, was her pull, first fight pull back. Up Suarez she was scheduled, remember, and she had to pull out. Yeah, 2019, 2023. Oh, you're right. You are absolutely yeah. right. She was scheduled, and then she had to pull out. I don't know if Oh, she, is that what it was? Yeah, okay. she was scheduled, and then she had to pull out, and then... I was thinking it was two. Yeah, now she's, yeah, you're, yeah, she's you're back. Right. Apparently feeling really healthy, 9-0. I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking for her to make a title run, and everything I'm hearing, oh, yeah. everything I'm hearing about her, man, she's working some of these dudes over, the smaller dudes, obviously, not guys her weight, but working some of the smaller dudes over on the ground. She's working a lot on her stand-up, getting better. 
You've seen a lot. You've seen the improvements in her, in her boyfriend and Patchy Mix in terms of his stand up. They're working together with their coaches that they have. They make each other better, and I'm looking forward to seeing exactly how much better she's getting because she's gonna need to make sure she's pressing that action uh, to keep uh, Jessica Andrade from sitting down on that weight and throwing the big shots. Yep. But I think once this fight hits the ground, there's just like you say, there's levels to this game, baby, and there's she's a completely different level of grappler than Jessica right. Andrade. That's exactly it. You know, it's not look Jessica Andrade. She's she's a stud. I love watching her fight. She's aggressive. She's got power, which you know not a lot of uh, women at that weight can deliver the kind of power that Andrade can. But this is at 115 pounds. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, she is a rock at that as far as build, and she's a stud. But she's gonna have a hard time keeping Suarez off of her in this fight. No, I agree. I think the pressure, she'll use her long jab or use her big overhand right, whatever, to close that distance and get in close. And once she gets to the clinch, I think she's going to be able to get her down. And Suarez is not a small female. No, no, no. She's got a a pretty big stature. She's got a big frame. Yeah, she's got a big frame. So um, she's got good wrestling. She's got obviously really good on the ground. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this fight turns out. And Jessica, she's not a big female either. Like in terms of that weight class. For the straw weight class, she's not a big female. So we'll see. Good fight, though. Dustin Jacoby taking on Kennedy and Jukwu. I think I actually got it right. Mm-hmm. So I like Kennedy. He's a good guy. He's from you did Fortis, get it MMA. Right. Fortis MMA there in uh, Dallas. Uh, he's he's an unusual fighter because he, a lot of times he'll come out and he just kind of absorbs and just takes, and he's getting kind of lit up a little bit, and then all of a sudden, he just starts turning it on and he starts landing good shots and he starts putting good fighters away. Mm-hmm. Dustin Jacoby is, you know, had a hell of a run right now in the UFC. He's gotten a lot of good wins. The real difference here, Kennedy, super long, about mm-hmm. six foot five. Yeah. You know, as far as height, super long arms. He uses that well. And Dustin has slowed down in his he's not as aggressive. He's kind of done the whole Justin Gaethje thing. They're both mm-hmm. you know, fighting out of the same you know, Aryan camps and stuff. And it's, a, he's just like, he's taking his time more. He's done well. I just don't know if the speed, cause Kennedy's actually pretty damn fast for a big man. And he, you know, he, if you, if you don't keep the pressure on and make him just feel like he has to be defensive. Once he starts feeling free in the fight and starts letting his hands go, look out, but that's a, it's a good matchup. It really is. And the standup, I think they're very close on the ground. I'm going to give it to Kennedy. Yeah. I also look at Kennedy though, too. He has just the, like you said, a weird style in which he let, he lets the fighter kind of do his thing. Yep. It's almost like as if he's figuring them out. Like remember how Anderson Silva used to kind of give away the first round with yep. all of his hand movements and his moving. Yeah, he, he would, he would read all of the, yeah. all of your footwork where he read where your hands are, what yeah. you do, how you step. And then, I mean, I don't know if Kennedy's on that level in terms of what he does with Anderson Silva's level. Maybe he's just out there looking like, okay, guy in the middle, hit the guy in the middle. I don't know. It could be that. It could really be like that. But it just seems like he wants to figure out if the guy's fast, does the guy hit hard. He lets him do whatever in the first round, almost like giving the first round away. But when he does let go, it just seems to land, and it seems to do damage, and it seems to hurt people, and just – I don't know. He just, he, he finds a way like, Hey, when I start touching you, you start going down. It's almost like that Jedi shit. You will hit the floor. Okay. <laughs> it's, 
he, he just he get yeah exactly he gets it and and uh you know he's talented he's good and he just he finds ways to get it done you know so it should be i'm gonna lean more towards kennedy to be honest yeah you know i'm gonna I lean am, more towards look I, I love the hanyak first off the, the nickname of dustin jacoby the hanyak i love that no idea okay. what that means <laughs> it's a it's a term of you're a hanyak you know you're like like, like almost like you're a screw-up uh, but you're a good guy. Uh, you're a Hanyak. But it's a uh, that'd be a good name for me. There you go. But he, <laughs> he he's been fighting great, and I love Dustin. You know, Dustin's been fighting for a long time, and you know, fought in Glory kickboxing after being in MMA for a while, then came back to MMA. He could definitely win this fight. He has been fighting very well. So we're gonna find out. Diego Lopez against Gavin Tucker. Is it Lopez or Lopes? Lopes. Yep. Okay, and then Gavin Tucker. Diego came in on short notice, right? His last fight? Yes. And had a great performance. Great performance. Didn't win, though, right? Nope. But who? No, did, but who I'm trying they, to remember who he fought. Who did he fight? Oh, damn. I don't Click really on Diego, Lopes. He's out of the uh, Alexa Grasso camp. Yeah, yeah. Evelov. Evelov, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Took, but, that, took that to a decision, so yeah. he had a great performance. He really did. He did. He really came after off in that fight so that was fun to watch going against gavin tucker gavin's a tough guy if the same guy in diego lopes comes after gavin tucker in that way come away with the win yeah i think diego if he has a little bit more cardio because like you could tell in the later rounds he was really kind of he wanted to do more he was doing more but, but it was just he, he was leaving so himself much out. in the beginning yeah. yeah but he was we did it but either telegraphed it enough to where he got taken down or just controlled or whatever it was. But he just did so. He, it, it was like it was kind of like laboring it through instead of being clean and crisp. And with a guy like Evaloff, you're just not going to get the win that way. So but good yeah. for him. I think I think I think he's going to have a great performance as long as he shows up, doesn't take this this position for granted, like the opportunity for granted. I think he ends up getting the win as well. Yep. Tanner Bozer out of Canada coming back into the light heavyweight. He was, I think his last fight, it was a light heavyweight also. Going up again, Alexa Kamur. Alexa. Mm. I don't get that name. No. Alexa? Yeah, it seems like Alexa. Yeah. Alexa? Alexa? Yeah. Alexa. Okay. Alexa Grasso. (laughs) Alexa Grasso. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know. What do you think of Tanner? Look, Tanner's he's a tough dude. You know, I, I refereed Tanner when he was in Russia. Mm. And uh, you know, he was fighting all the all the Russians and everything over there. He is a good solid fighter. He can take a lot of abuse. He's he's good at being a nail for a while in the fight and then just turning it around and becoming the hammer and doing good work. I think this matchup, this is actually a good matchup for him. I look mm. at some when you look at someone that's got a lot of speed, that usually slows Tanner down. He, he doesn't match up well with that. When you mm. look at someone that likes to bang and brawl, Tanner does well. Mm. All right. Um, any other fights on here? I know there's one that I want to talk about, but I want to get all the way down to Jake Hadley. I love this kid. Think he's think he's dynamite. I think, I think you got two on here. You got yep. Billy Quarantillo Thank you. against Damon Jackson. That's a hell of a matchup. Damon Jackson got a great submission game. So does Billy. Billy's got a hell of a gas tank. I love that matchup at yep. featherweight. And I also love the Rowney Barcelos fight going up against Kyler yep. Phillips out of Arizona. Kyler Phillips is a phenomenally skilled fighter. Doesn't get the credit he and deserves either. We don't get a lot of buzz no, about him after not. the fights. He's good. He's talented. Yes. Yeah, he's relaxed. Talented. Super relaxed. But so is Barcelos. Barcelos' last loss was against Umar. 
No, you know, funny. and you you look and you go, man, he's got good wrestling. He's got good stand up. His his jits game is good. You know, that's that's a great matchup right there. That's an interesting fight. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Jake Hadley fight just because he's he's young. He's, he's good. Tough. He's he's tough, but he's making nope. his improvements. He's coming out. You know, he's I love what he says after you know his fights inside the cage against Cody Durden. Durden's tough. We know how good he is. I think this is a good step up in competition, though, for Hadley. I think it's, no, it's a good. I think it's uh, Cody's got good wrestling. I, I referee Cody back in Georgia long ago at a small show. He's confident. He's mouthy. Jake Hadley, tough as hell. This could be a great fight. It'll be a good fight. All right, hey, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk. We're going to get into a couple other shows, the PFL and the One Championships. We're not going to talk about every single fight, but we will make fun of some of their fighters based on that they look identical to each other. <laughs> and we're, I was trying to figure out if one was just a trim beard. Nope. And one wasn't, but they look exact. Sorry, excuse me. They look exactly alike. Yeah, Alizov and Kyria. They look, they're brothers, dude. They, you know, Chinga's Alizov, we used to call his fights. He used to be in Bellator kickboxing. Great, uh, great stand up fighter. You know, he's just a phenomenal uh, technician, tough as hell. But, you know, he's got his fight against Marat Gregorian. That's a great matchup. Uh, Gregorian, super talented. Super but, talented. You're talking about Alizov and him. It's going to be fireworks. Well, you're asking it's world championship kickboxing match. Yeah. It should be. It's fantastic. Gregorian is a beast. Good, good pressure. Good counter striker. Also speed with his knees. I mean, everything he does will be, it will be explosive. But, uh, I look at the, the next fight with, uh, the next grappling match, Jared Brooks versus, uh, Musa Mechi. Yeah. Come on. Mikey. Come on. I know. Where'd you get this fight? Nothing against I'm Jared, sorry. man, but there's just, I love Jared Brooks. He's a good levels. guy. But he is levels wise as far yeah. as grappling. You know, it, wait, I say it all the time. And I, I just went to a jujitsu school and talked. And uh, I told him, you know, hey, you know, this is something you want to do for life. And this is the reasons why. And it came to it. And I talked about nerd assassins. Yeah. Hello, Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey is a nerd assassin. This guy is so good on the ground he, he steps you know he's chess moves we're talking three and four chess moves ahead of his opponent that's where he's at is he mentally goes through things because he's he's not that guy that has the physical strength you know to overpower people he doesn't have great speed he's none of those things he just is so far ahead of you mentally in the game of where he wants to go and how he's going to get there that he just makes people just farther and farther. They can't catch up, and all of a sudden they're yeah. caught in something, and he's winning the match. He's phenomenal to watch. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to skip over the next kickboxing match, but then you're going to all the way down here to John Lineker versus uh, Kim Ja uh, Wung. I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, have to be honest. I don't know anything about Kim Ja Wung, but I know John Lineker pretty damn well. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, and then my I, guy. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you got to go. Okay, let's go with your guy real quick. Marcus Almeida mm -hmm. Buchecha is fighting against Umar Khan, who is from Sengal. Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if you ever watched Sengalese wrestling. Yep. That's where he came from. Mm -hmm. Super strong, big power. You know, Buchecha, you're looking at this. When you talk about Sengalese wrestling, it's not just wrestling. Nope. It's, there's strikes involved and everything, the way they do it and stuff. 
Muchacha has to be careful on the feet. Yeah. The man, I'm telling you, Kane has got freaking power. He can put anybody out right away. He's very athletic. He's very fast. So, Buchecha, look, on the ground, he's going to be the dominant guy. He's going to be able to do what he wants for the most part, I believe, and get to the positions that would you know give him the win. But he needs to he needs to be careful when he decides to go for the takedown because there's one thing that Buchecha is not. He's not a takedown guy. Nope. nope. And he needs to be careful. And when he decides to try to get that takedown on Mr. Kane. His takedowns aren't bad, you know. I mean, like, nope. I mean, it's, not bad. They're just not good. No, they're just yeah, they're not great. And what it is it's though, not is a strength. It, he can get he can get into positions where someone it's kind of like pulling guard. You get to the body lock, kind of like hook the yeah. hook the outside leg and kind of drag you down into a deep half. He can do something like that. He's got a really good half guard game. All the years of yep. training with Lucas Leitch and those guys, and just that whole half guard series. I mean, he's got it down pat, and he's just. He's good in that type of positions, in those type of positions, especially in MMA. Kane just got to be careful of the big shots. That's the biggest thing with yep. uh, with Buchecha. He's got to be careful of the big shots. And when he's on top, or when, sorry, when Buchecha's on bottom, he can't afford just to like think, okay, I'm going to start attacking submissions and not and not worry about defending. Keep yep. your hand, keep your position, keep them at bay, a distance with your knees, using your legs, keep that range. As long as you can get that frame, you get that frame to keep mm-hmm. him away from you. You're okay. You keep your feet up on the hip. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to move his body somehow. Yeah. You got to be able to off balance him somehow. If you're not doing that, then you need to think about defending. 100%. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's going to wrap up our one talk. Let's go ahead and jump right into the PFL. There's a couple fights on there we wanted to talk about, give mentions to and stuff. And, uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Bubba Jenkins main event. Hello, Bubba. Mm-hmm. You have moved up in the ranks of the PFL. Congratulations, dude. He's been fighting really well. He's been getting better and better. He's taking on Mr. Jesus Pinedo, who had a fantastic. This is all about the uh, playoffs now because it's all it was the points. These are the guys that you know points wise match up and everything. So Bubba Jenkins now being one of those guys that the the PFL is. He gets one win here. He's fighting for a million dollars again. That's what he did last year. Pinedo with the pressure though, the pressure, the aggressiveness, the mixing up. He's got good. He's got good boxing. And yeah. look, we know, and as much as I love Bubba, he don't like to be hit. Nope. Most guys, they're like, oh, I'll take but one, give def- one. Hold on. He can definitely out-wrestle Mr. Pinedo. This is very true. This is very true. And he's definitely got the grind. Bubba, look, Bubba's a stud, man. He's He just has up and downs. Like He just hasn't been consistent throughout his career. Doing really no. well, and then all of a sudden drops one or two. Does really well, drops one or two. But I got to be honest, in these last he's two, doing really well. in these last three seasons, he's looked phenomenal. Come up short almost, I think, and he's come up short all three times, but he's been progressively getting better every time he steps in that cage, which is kind of, it's, it's, it's unheard of really when guys start to get up in age, things start like they stop getting rid of their wrestling, they start making becoming more of a stand up fighter, they start doing it. Not him, he's still grinding on you, he's still, he's still wrestling with you, he's really putting the pressure on people, making them defend his wrestling. And I think that's been the key to his victories. Look, we had a great conversation with Danny Sabatello. And he's like, no, nah, man. He's like, I know what I'm good at. I know that I'm, I'm good on the ground. I know I can wrestle. He's like, now I just got to get better on the grappling and the jiu-jitsu. And Bubba's kind of taking the same route. You know, he's also gotten better in the grappling areas as, as well, in control. But he's he's helped improve his stand-up, which has helped his wrestling. It becomes, it becomes a lot easier. Like Darren Caldwell, right? Darren Caldwell, national champ phenomenal wrestler 
never felt comfortable on the feet and every single fight he would get tired because he had to wrestle so much because he was not comfortable on the feet. Bubba went through a very similar situation Absolutely. throughout his career. And now Dewey he Cooper is... changed come, it for him. Exactly. And he's just way better now. He's gotten yeah. more comfortable on the feet. He understands they're getting hit. It's not the end of the world. Okay? Just don't get hit clean. Roll the shoulder, okay? Tuck this, you know, turn the back go a little bit. Go with the shot. Yeah, go all with the shot. Things. All those things. And I think he's gotten so much better, and I love to see I love to see his success, man. I like I like Bubba Jenkins a lot. Yeah. Next yeah, fight. next fight on that, this Joshua Silveira against Ty Flores. This is actually a really good fight. I, I really enjoy watching, you know, the sons of ex-fighters come in and do well. And uh, Conan Silveira being a guy who is a great coach at ATT, his son Joshua has just turned into, he's a good fighter. He is solid. You know, and uh, I'm going to sit there and say, you know, every bit as good a fighter as his dad was, it, technically probably better. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, he's done very well in the PFL. It's someone that I think that they can... Uh, actually continue to put you know some uh, marketing behind and he could be a star because the guy can fight yeah i agree with you 100 percent. you know he's 11 and one he's got a good record you know and i mean like you said when you got the lineage of your family and then also to just the gyms that back him like with severe he's still over at att correct yep you got a plethora uh-huh. of talented talented people there you're just getting better and getting better every single time so yeah Good, good for him. Uh, what about Gabriel Braga versus Chris Wade? That's a good fight. That, I'm being honest. That's probably, you look at everything here in matchup-wise, it's, it's one of the best fights on the card. Probably should have been main event. Not trying to take it away from Bubba Jenkins, but stylistically. <laughs> I don't think you could do that because Bubba Jenkins beat Chris Wade I get earlier in the damn uh, year as far as things. So I, I got to go with Bubba being that main event. I get it. I understand what you're saying. But like, I know what you're saying. For me, to walk, like, the one that's going to bring the most action, this going to be this one. Most interesting fight? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Bubba's going to get on uh, Pineda and just control the top position and do some work. I think in this fight, agree gonna, with you. they're going to both be forced to stand. There's both be a little bit of grappling, a little bit of wrestling, but then I think they're, I think they're grappling kind of offsets cancels out. Yep. Yep. There you go. Uh, what other fights on here you want to talk about? Oh, uh, you know what? I got to go down to Desiree Yanez, mm-hmm. dirty Des fighting Lisa Molden in that dirty Des. I, Really enjoy her as a fighter. Enjoy her as a person. She's a sweetheart of a person. She comes to fight. You know that, you know what? She's going to throw down. And when they call her Dirty Dez, as far mm-hmm. as, you know, her nickname, it's not it's, it's not that she's a dirty fighter, but she will get grimy in yeah. the fight. I agree. Look, I'm going to give a little love to my boy, man, Keone Diggs. I know he was over at Bellator. Oh, yeah, but absolutely. Keone and I were friends before he even came to Bellator. So he was he's always been a great guy. You know, um, I've met uh, so many top-level Hawaiian fighters that are just good people and love being around them. This guy just, he couldn't catch a break over in, in Bellator. He was, you know, he was winning some close fights. And I think just finally was like, hey, you know, we're not going to re-up. Or, well, I don't know what the situation was, but he found himself in he lost a couple. He, he lost a couple in a row and stuff. Yeah. He's only 10-2, and two, though, John. He's 10-2. and two. <laughs> Look, we lost we've, a couple in a row. We've given we've given some people some opportunities. I, then. Yeah, first off, I haven't done any of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I like Yoni. I he's a good Keone. person. He's heavy handed as hell, man. So yeah, he's heavy handed. He put got, anyone to sleep. Got good takedown defense and uh, Espinosa. I don't know anything about him. I'm gonna be honest, man. He's eight no though, but I don't know anything about him. But Keone's not someone you want to have your first fight against normally. Keone's got he's got good hips, good on top. He's got good pressure. Got good ground and pound. He's got great boxing. 
I feel like he should utilize his kicks a little bit more, uh, but he doesn't. Uh, but he like he's got hands. He's got hands. In, in the fights that he's lost, it just comes down that he just got to pull the trigger. That's the biggest yeah. thing. You know, if he if he if he just sets sets down and throws in his combinations, man, I mean, he could put anybody away. So I'm looking forward to see how he performs under a new banner. You know, it's always hard to have your first fight in a new in a new promotion. We'll see. Yeah, it is. Best of luck yep. to him. All right, that's going to wrap up our PFL talk. Dave, you got a little bit of news for us, right? You got a couple little things we could talk about? Oh, yes, yes. Shit. Here we oh, go. Snap. There you yeah, here we go. Look who's back fighting the big dogs. It's Ooh. Johnny Walker. Careful I what you that. wish for, buddy. Careful what you wish yeah, for. Yeah, man. You know, this is what I talk about. You know, it's like, hey, it's great to be exciting. You have got to fight your fight. Don't fight the way the promoter wants you to fight. Fight the way that you're style and your your body was made for and the way that you were brought up don't fight just to get knockouts fight to be smart fight smart fights and you'll get wins and that's what johnny walker's been doing the last three or four fights but he's got a hell of a fucking uh match up here against uncle i i mean tough yeah to see uncle i and see how well-rounded he is. See how good he is on the in the wrestling. Doesn't utilize it as much as he should. But he's got good stand-up. He's fallen in love with his stand-up. Yes, he has. But he's got to be very careful with Johnny Walker. Because on the feet, he could decapitate you. You know? Yep. And so, he, I mean, if Johnny Walker is patient about it. Doesn't blow his wad. You know, doesn't, like, expend the energy when he doesn't need to. Keep his back off the fence. I don't know, man. I mean, you, I could see Johnny catching him, clipping him in the first round. Getting oh, in some exchanges. See, I'm telling you right now, I can see Johnny Walker hurting him when he's mm -hmm. going for one of his takedowns. Johnny's got good balance. He likes to throw shots when people are trying to take him down. He throws good elbows to the side of the head. You know, Uncle Ive needs to be very smart about mm -hmm. the way he goes about trying to get Walker to the ground. I think what you'll see is, is Uncle Ive maybe wrestle early or fill him out, fight at a slow pace early, try to keep him at bay. And then as the fight goes on, you'll see Johnny Walker start to slow down a little bit. But this should, this should probably only be a three-round fight. You'll have Islam as the main event. Yeah. 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 Three-round fight. Uh, unless there's title implications. I mean, I could see a, a double a double co-main event. You never know. Negative. It's nah, going to be a three-round fight. Man, John. Why are you always trying to I'm rain on my parade? Honest. I know you're trying to go there, but what? let's just be honest. This is going to be a three-round John always trying to rain on my parade. Next. Just blowing <laughs> it out. All right. Um, Kevin Gasselman answers uh, an injury. <sighs> Uh, the has basically forced him to withdraw. You've seen this, right? Yeah, I'm gonna go balls deep here in a second. Okay, you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll let you go hard. No, I'm gonna go pain. balls deep. All right. Uh, you want me to play the full clip for you guys? Yeah, Ups play the downs. full clip. All right, give me one second here. Just gotta get the mic. So this is a clip of the training. I don't know if any of you saw Sergio Pettis against Horiguchi, but he with did Shavkat a. Rachmanov is off. I received spinning. an elbow that resulted in an open fracture oh and uh, a few bones that came out fractured. And I, I, I have to apologize to, to everybody that's been, you know, everybody was excited for this fight. I apologize to everybody. Uh, my apologize to, to Shavkat Rachmanov and, and his team. I, I feel bad. I feel very horrible about this unfortunate incident. You know, I'll be back. Uh, I'm still going to continue training. I can still do my strength and conditioning training, movement. I can still do a lot of my, my training with uh, my trainer, Noah Feinberg. I asked to move it up to November. Hopefully, they grant me this wish. 
that'll be November 11th in Madison Square Garden. It's hard <laughs> to be a Kelvin Gastelum fan Square. sometimes. I know we go through ups and downs together, but uh, I promise we're we're fighting to get back on the horse and get back on that winning streak and continue it. I hope to see him back. I hope to see this fight happen in November. But let me just tell you, I would never fucking spar with that partner again. That that move, that technique, no elbow pads. I would fucking, I literally would have thrown my gloves off and started punching and fighting him for real. Pissed. It would have been a real fight at that moment. Look, I get it. You throw the head kick, you miss. You could throw the spinning back fist, but that was an elbow. And maybe he was waiting for the arm to come out. I don't know. But John, that was straight elbow. It, it, yeah. it, his arm was fully bent, almost in a in a right angle, maybe even less than a right angle. I just he'd have been better uh, off if he had straightened the arm out oh, for yeah. a spinning back. Fist. Absolutely, absolutely. He would have caught more of the. Maybe would have had a cut over the eye or something. But look, I got to be honest though. Th this fight is. If I was the UFC, I'd be pushing this fight just to November because look, in in you're, you're already you're paying a ton just to turn the lights on in MSG. It costs about five hundred thousand dollars to turn the lights on there no, just to turn. It's ridiculous. And so you might as well stack that card as much as you can and up the ticket prices. If you're going to have a fight like this on there, I'd pay a little extra to make sure that, that he was on there. Man, I love this. I love Gasolum. I love the way he fights. And I think him and Shavkat would be a fantastic fight. Why not bump it to that card? It's got some fractures in there. Give you no some time to heal, my man. But if, uh, if I don't see that fight happen, or at least happen here, then I wish you nothing but the best and speedy recovery. But man, that's I think if I'm the UFC, I'm a... I'm, uh, I'm putting that fight together in November. What's, oh, your, yeah. what's your take? What's your take on a guy doing that, sparring like that? I, first off, it's stupid. Let's, you know, let's just be honest. When you're sparring someone who's getting ready for a fight, you're not ever throwing anything full power, and you're never putting an elbow on somebody or a knee on somebody towards their head, or you can do it towards the body. But mistakes do happen. I don't think this guy did that on purpose absolutely not you know and i know that he felt like shit afterwards you know can you think about it josh how bad do you think he felt he knew as soon as that happened and kevin said oh shit stop and he walked away and he, mm -hmm. as soon as kevin turned his face towards him he went oh shit yeah you know it, he didn't want it to happen but yeah i can understand you getting mad at him but that was not in no way can i believe that that guy ever meant to actually land that Look, he just made the movement and the, unfortunately kelvin came in at that time too we had a guy at our gym named mowgli good good uh good striker yeah, remember really, mowgli? yeah mowgli great striker yeah. phenomenal he would train with elbow pads on and yeah. one, of the, one of the probably i don't know after like a year sparring with him and stuff and he would always try to throw elbows and i was like hey man i'm not doing not. this i'm not doing this you know like I mean, I was like 36, 37 by the time him and I were like, I was younger, like 34, sorry, 35, 36, somewhere around there. And I was sparring with him. This kid's young, throwing elbows at me. And he was fast. He fucking kicked like a mule. He punched like his jab was hard. He had a good, he had a good uh, overhand left because he was southpaw. Like he just super good on the feet, you know, but he would throw elbows and we'd be clinching. He'd throw an elbow. And I got it. I understand what you mean by it's, it helps you get ready for the fight. But there will be no fight if this type of stuff happens. And so you've, you've got to be cautious and careful with these type of things. If you don't see your opponent as you do your spin and see where he's at, because it ain't about you. When you're when I'm there as a sparring partner, it's not about you. Nope. You know, it's all that about was, getting the, 
The other guy ready. That was one of the, I mean, at least that's what I was told from a couple of the guys there. But, you know, like one of the biggest reasons why why um, Habib liked to spar with me, Islam liked to spar with me, was I pushed the pace, but I never did anything to hurt them. There was a lot of it. It's like, no, especially with Habib. He always had, he always had some, you know, some, some issues with, you know, either he got hurt or he had a hard time making weight or whatever it was. He didn't want to do anything that would potentially get him taken out of a fight. So he didn't spar with anybody. That would potentially hurt him or do something that he just wasn't prepared for. He just didn't want to, he didn't want to go through that. Like you, the other thing is everyone's like, oh, well, you have to be ready for everything. But it's hard to get ready for everything if I'm constantly hurt and can't train everything. So you got to look at it that way. And all the prog- all the progress you're making, like he's he's you know he's he's back on the win track. He's getting ready for this big fight. Now all the progress, one seventy, yeah, one seventy, and all the progress he was making. It now just kind of plateaus or it drops a little bit because now he can't spar. Now it's going to be hard for him to hit mitts because he's got probably gauze stuffed up his nose because he broke his nose. There's a lot of things that you can't do. And those three or four weeks off, everyone's like, oh, maybe he needs a break. It's good for you. Get a rest. No, no, no. A rest is, is like, okay, look, I only train once a day. Or I skip a day and then I go back and I'm able to train. Not being able to do the active stuff, the grappling, the wrestling, all those things set you back. If I, he can't grapple, he can't wrestle because you get bumped in it, it's going to fracture and you'll be stuck going back to ground zero. So these are things that, these are setbacks. These are huge setbacks in your, in your evolution and in developing yourself at 170 pounder instead of 185 pounder. So I'd be, I'd be really frustrated, man. I'd be really frustrated. It would have, but Hey, he's a better man than me. Cause I would have thrown the gloves off and would have started fighting for real. Right. Sean, Sean Strickland agrees with you, Josh. In the comments here, spinning elbow, man. These guys need to stop with that BS. I swear everyone in the gym today is a ballerina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love me some Strickland, man. I love me some Strickland. But I mean, look, I understand you've got to use the techniques because you have to, fighters have to be prepared for it. But it's just, it's in training. My objective is to get to the fight. You know, and it's and like I said, your sparring partner should know it's not about you. It's a, sorry, it's not about him, you know, or her, whatever. It's about it's about the fighter that's getting there. It's about me. It's about me getting to the fight. It's about Kelvin Gaslam getting to the fight. And so um, it's frustrating. When I saw it, I sent it right to to our news channel there, and I was like, man, we got to talk about this shit. This is horrible. Yeah, but uh, just not, it. not smart, but. It's the game. Again, I don't think he did it on purpose. Absolutely. He absolutely think, did not do it on purpose. I mean, but as still. far as I don't think he landed it on purpose. He did the technique on purpose. I don't think he landed it on purpose. No, John, because he didn't see he didn't see where Kelvin was. Yeah, he just threw it blind. Kelvin came in. Yeah. But he just no, but he just threw it blind. That's even worse. <laughs> I can't have sparring partners like that that are doing shit like that. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Uh what else you got for us there, Dave? So that's all in the way of news. Do you guys have anything if we want to do like an open forum or anything? Um, otherwise, I can throw something at you that maybe we can roll with. Give me something. Give me something. Um, open forum. Yeah. What? Like just anything you guys have in your mind. Okay. What did we talk? What was what was um on the show two days ago? You had you had like a list. That was one of them we didn't talk about. No, there wasn't. I thought there was. I saw a list. Yeah, I got I got it right here. Uh. Oh, you know what? Go go back to where you were. I want to go back to the rankings. Go back to the rankings. I do do have a question for you. Where where do you see, with Corey Sanhagen with a win over Rob Font, where do we we put him now? Do you put him in that title talk? You put him right there. I mean, he he should be right there. The the only thing you can do with Corey Sanhagen versus Rob Font is bump him. If he wins, he may bump over Henry Cejudo. 
you can't have him bumping over O'Malley because O'Malley's getting the next shot yeah. at uh, Aljo. And then Marab is sitting there at how many fights undefeated now. So he's why, not changing. Why, why, not, why not Corey versus Marab then to see who fights the winner of Sean? And, I mean, Sterling's going to go to, he said, 45 after this fight. He's not, he's not staying there after this fight. Okay. Uh, unless they're waiting for the Marab and Henry fight. And then that just leaves, that leaves Corey to fight the, lo- if Sean loses, maybe to fight Sean to put himself in that mix. I yeah. Mean, Corey's in a really weird position right now because uh, you don't want to fight Peter Yawn again because you have a loss to him, but that's a tough, tough fight. Hell no. Yeah. You don't want that fight. So, you know, I, I, I think we'll see how, we'll see what happens really with Sterling. He's been saying for the last couple of fights, he's going to 45. You know, uh, but then let me ask you this. If he, let's say he beats Sean, which I, I kind of believe he might. If he does beat Sean, does does he get up? Does kinda he kind of believe he might? Yeah. Okay. I kinda, well, look, Sean's movement, Sean's not, he's no slouch on the ground either. I mean, he's not as good no, as, he's as good Sterling. Yeah, he's not as good as Sterling on the ground, but he's good on the ground. Um, his push kick up the middle really kind of. I think that will help set the the tempo. The long okay. jab, as long as he aims low, I think it's gonna okay. be more of the push kick, is what I think. That push kick to the face, that push kick up the middle, that'll keep Sterling kind of, ooh shit, should I shoot now? Should I not? But let's not forget, Sterling can he can he can uh, he can strike what, also. What Sterling striking is not bad. Yeah, and he can strike with Sean O'Malley for. I think I think you're right right about that. Sean is probably the crisper. I don't. I don't know if he has more power. They think they're close, mm-hmm. but the big difference in in this is Sean O'Malley is a good grappler. Aljamain Sterling is a good grappler, and he's a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. Sean O'Malley's not a good wrestler. No. 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 I think the long jab and the long push kick up the middle. If he doesn't get those things started early, maybe even start working on the calf kick. But he's got to be careful he doesn't get the leg caught and get taken yeah. down. Sean's grappling is if there's one thing that Aljo has shown go back to the Peter Yan especially the second fight he catches that kick very well Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah we will see we will see man that's going to be I'm I'm just interested to see what happens with Corey Sanhagen after if you know if he does beat Rob Font and what happens then we'll see what other what, what else you got there for us Dave what else you thinking well I was going to ask a similar deal with a light heavyweight Uh, we just had um, Perea and Blahovich and just kind nah, of the new I think state this is of simple. the division. Okay, Do I think it's really fantasy. simple. Let's if you're a taking fantasy. a look at Yuri's got to be coming off of his injury now. Okay, he's he's had time with that shoulder. He had it surgically fixed. Mm-hmm. He's gone through rehab. It's he's got to be starting to really you know get back into training. Mm-hmm. You just had Alex Pereira fight. You know this last week he gets the win against mm-hmm. Jan. You have Magomed. Who is now fighting Johnny Walker? So that's a setup, you know, his fight right there. So when Yuri comes back, Jamal Hill has now relinquished that title. It's the same as Yuri did. Yuri should be the first guy that gets a shot at it. Doesn't matter if it's Jamal Hill or not. I would put Yuri against Pereira. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. Um, it just depends on how long until Yuri is ready to come back. I mean, he may still that's be. It. He may still be till January. You never know. He might. You know, and if that's the case, then what you do is you probably have the winner of Ankalaev and and uh, Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker fight Alex. 
the winner of that fight, Alex, for the title. It's possible. Because Rakic, I think, is still out with the, the knee. Uh, Jamal's not going to be back. No. Excuse me, as podcast day would say, Jamal. Jamal. Will not be back in time. It's going to take him, you know, based upon the injury that he had. He's going to be out for a good eight, eight, nine months. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited to see Alex fight for a vacant title. Because if he wins the title at 205, and he wins the he he'd, he'd beat Izzy at 185. I mean, this guy's done. He will have done more in the sport than any other fighter in what six fights, seven fights in there. Is eight fights? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So yeah. winning two championship belts and you know in eight fights. Come on. Um. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back to the same thing though with the Justin Gaethje thing. Do not be surprised if Justin Gaethje ends up fighting Islam Makhachev in Abu Dhabi. I could see Charles being like, "Hey, why? Why take? Why take my chance in Abu Dhabi in his home turf where I've lost to him last time, and I'm not quite ready yet. I want to get more training. I want to focus more on what my game plan is, you know, and and see what happens. Because if Justin wins, that slides you right in." It slides you right in. And if Justin doesn't win, well, then you can fight him at a later date, like you said. <laughs> you know? I mean, because he what's going to happen is he's going to want to fight again before uh, Ramadan, which Ramadan will probably be next year around April. So you'll probably get another fight in around December or January. He'll probably want to fight again. Islam. Like right before Ramadan. Maybe even try and get two in before Ramadan. But, yep, yep that's just my thought process on, on that whole deal. But hey, that's going to wrap up our midweek show. And uh, we're going to be doing a live um, tonight, Thursday night. We're going to do a live on our OnlyFans channel. So make sure you guys subscribe to us. So OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. It's free, guys. Just subscribe to us over there at OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. It's free. We're going to do a live show tonight. Just probably about 40 minutes to an hour. We'll try and click. It depends. As many questions come in, we'll try to answer them and talk to you guys. And, uh, and get them all answered out for you. And if there's something that comes up, any news that drops between now and then, we're going to go ahead and um, and talk about that as well. What you got for me, John? You feel like you have something that came out of your mind. You know, I, I screwed up and then I forgot. I had someone on Twitter that asked about the Gaethje kick on Dustin Poirier. And, and it's surprising to me that fans still, you know, he tried to say, oh, he kicked him to the back of the head. <laughs> it's like, okay. They're facing each other because someone's foot goes around to the back of the head. That is not kicking your opponent to the back of the head. It has to be a targeted attack to that area. And there's no way you can do that while you're facing your opponent. Hmm. Okay. So I just, I wanted to put it out there. Look, well, first off, it was not the foot that caused Dustin to go down. It was the shin, the shin that hit his arm that forced his arm into his own head and put enough, static shock into that that concussed him and put him down and that was totally legal totally everything was beautifully done by justin gaethje i can't take it when people try to sit there and say that was a foul hmm. stop where did that come from josh i don't know i mean i think if that's what we're calling fouls and man i'm gonna say oh the edwards kick was a foul then <laughs> I'm going back in time. Yeah, yeah. Them damn so, judges, man. Or refs. I mean, they just refs, make damn mistakes. Screwed me every time. That's no, it. it's it happens, man. And like, and look, and really, what it was was if you looked at him, if you looked at, at Dustin, he was still awake. 
he he just hit everything. He just shut down. It was basically oh, yeah. a very similar kick, and how Eves caught me with it. It hit, and it just what do you call it? Some sort of nerve. The stump, brachial stunt. The brachial stunt. The, the stumpy yeah. nerve. <laughs> the stumpy, one nerve that, stumpy nerve. Stumpy nerve attack. <laughs> like I try to explain to people, I go when I got when I got kicked by Eves. I was awake the whole way down. I saw myself falling and hitting the ground. I hit the ground you, and you I tried s- to use your arms and I, they didn't work. Yeah, same thing happened when I when I uh, had fought uh, Hermes Franca. He didn't kick me there, but he hit me and he hit me clean. But I was still awake and I could see myself falling to the ground. But in the East fight, I actually fell and was facing upwards. And I could see him running towards me. And then I saw him do the little two punches and I, I, there's nothing I could do. I couldn't move my arms, but I could see it all happening. People were like, people were always say, oh, I don't remember anything after I got knocked out. I was like, oh, I remember the whole damn thing. <laughs> I was like, you weren't knocked out. Yeah, I wasn't knocked out until he hit me two more times. Then I was knocked out. Then it kind of short circuited and I got up and I was like a little woozy and stuff. But I couldn't bring my hands up to block my face. I couldn't do anything. And so, um, but no, it, it happens, man. This is, this is the game. This is the, but, that that little short circuit, because you can see Dustin. Dustin looked like he was still awake. He was still yeah. his eyes were open, but he was actually kind of like looking up a little bit, and you could see him kind of. It looked like he looked a little bit towards um, Justin, but he's out. And as soon as as soon as uh, oh, that's what we didn't talk about was the people's Herb. elbow. We didn't talk about the people's elbow. People's knee. Yeah, people's knee. <laughs> He hit him with the he hit him with the people's elbow, man. He came sliding in, and the arm came right across the chest. Boom! I don't even know who who does podcast, Dave. Who does the people's elbow? Well, who do you think? The Rock. Oh, people's okay. Champ. I don't know. I don't know these things, man. I I stopped watching WWE way before the. But Rock you got you got to wind it up and do the kick out with the leg. Yeah. Because that intensifies the blow. That's why. Yeah. It works so well. I would have thought like someone like the people's elbow was like more like a macho man thing because he had the elbow from the top turnbuckle, man. That was the real shit. <laughs> Not this like little tiny stuff. I'll tell you what, an elbow from the top turnbuckle, if it was yeah. real, that would hurt. Oh, yeah. These guys, man, the way that they, psh, that's why all those guys were broken. I mean, geez, you hear the stories about some of those. I watched some of the old school wrestling. I even watched some of the old school. Uh, did you watch the documentary on the, um, what is the, uh, what was it the gladiators? Remember the American, American gladiators. gladiators? Did you watch yeah, that yeah, documentary? Yeah, yeah. I did. I did watch Man, it. All, you're those, talking about the series? Yeah, they're all yeah. fucked up. Oh yeah. All of them. They're all and they're all withered away. They're all juiced out of their minds. They were druggy looking. Yeah, they and they all they all yeah. look like they all look like they've been on they 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 hit some hard times for a bit. Yeah. I mean, shit, one of them was talking about how he has roommates and lives like in a one little bunk bed area. I was like, geez. Well, yeah, okay, l- l- g- give you a little fact here, though, because the guy who was actually the one that invented mm-hmm. the American Gladiators was a Apache Dan Carr. Mm-hmm. There's a guy, Johnny, what's his name? Uh, I can't think of it. Johnny something mm-hmm. or other, who he was the one that got the money. But Apache Dan Carr, who was a a iron worker in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. not he's I think he's out of uh, Peoria, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Part of the iron worker, he came up with the whole um, gladiator thing, American gladiators, what he called it, and he had his iron workers do it, you know. And he was a big you know lifter and a tough guy, but he actually had the very first mixed martial arts competition before the ufc it was in the 1980s i can't think exactly what year 
but he had a no holds barred wow. with the iron workers in freaking East Pennsylvania, East Pennsylvania. He had an actual thing that, that people look at and go, yeah, that was actually the first MMA because it was no rules. It was before the UFC. So the, wow. the same guy, Apache Dan Carr, who started the American Gladiators, actually had the very first MMA fight in the States. Wow. Kind wow. Cool. That's it's impressive. True. Man, this guy, well, whoever this guy is, he's still alive. I want to pick his brain. See if he can come up with some he new ideas. He is still alive. I bet he he's is. Pretty, yeah. He's a pretty, uh, pretty unique individual. He's the guy that they said that they couldn't interview him because in the That's contract right. of his, this, and they were supposed to be friends. You guys got to watch oh, yeah. it. It's it, the yeah. the American Gladiator documentary. I think it's uh it's like a little short docu series or whatever it, it is on. It's on uh Netflix. What's ESPN. ESPN. Oh, ESPN. You are ESPN, right. It's ESPN. Like ESPN thirty for thirty type. Yeah, thing. A, but it was a series. It was pretty crazy because you see, man, that that guy who was running it was kind of the face of it all. Just a total Don King, a fucking oh, just a yeah, snake. Johnny something. I can't yeah, think. Of he, he's he's the Elvis Presley yeah, impersonator, man. Yep, yeah. fucking just like Elvis <laughs> Presley. He's still dressed like that, like a fucking. Oh, uh, yeah. which only tells you what he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> he's, a, he's a fucking crook. He's yeah, that old, go. that old seventies, sixties, seventies fucking. He still wears the Elvis looking fucking pants and shit. Yeah, yeah. Guys like that. See, guys like that. You run into a fucking alley one day and just not come out. No, fuck. I can't stand. <laughs> I know that's like a horrible that. thing to it, say. No, it's not really. It, it won't be. Me. You see the things. I mean, like I said, that Apache Dan guy, right? Oh, dude, he'd he, be suckered. If in, I was him, yeah. If I was him, if the money that he lost mm-hmm. based upon what that guy actually did, yeah. Let's go back. All right. I'm well, hey, I was I was door one time. That would be it. I would. I was trying to end this on a good note, but John, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but hey, guys, make sure you guys subscribe to us over at OnlyFans.com uh, tomorrow or tonight. Sorry for for the um, live show. We're gonna do that and go to WayneAndMerch.com. Pick up some of our merch there and available for you. John, take us away. Absolutely. Well, we hope you enjoyed the show here. We're sorry that we were late with both of our shows. <laughs> The last one and then this one here, but that's because, you know, we were traveling and there's a whole lot that goes on with traveling. It's not easy because the air airlines always leave us stranded. So we want to say thank you for coming back, tuning in, and we will see you.